Everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host. That's the Diddy NFL on Twitter, and of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And we're on Threads now, which is good. Anyone use Threads? Do you want to get onto Threads? I know there's an awful lot of muck about that you couldn't delete your account and stuff like that, but you know, as a fan group, that's not very advantageous to do. I can't go any further without saying the obvious thing. This is the preview show. It's, we don't call it a preview show. We call it Quick Snaps. Oh, quick snapage for your big package. It's a quick snapage for your big package. You doing it? Are you doing it? Hold on. Let me listen to it. Hold on. Oh, I can hear you do it. You're a filial dirty little devil, yeah. But come here to me. Before I get on and talk about the books, I think we need to talk about the fact that international series games have been doubled. Potentially doubled. Probably definitely been doubled. Uh, so when we look at it, they've decided to move them from four games... Uh, to eight games beginning in 2025 and before we get into the locations and stuff it just caught my attention um of a guy actually it's joe from swansea illinois uh, and he says hey guys i was dismayed to see the league is doubling the number of overseas games to eight instead of four seems to be a slap in the face to local fans who support their teams here my question, does this mean the Packers will play again internationally sooner than we thought? That's in the Insider Inbox on Packers.com. And Mike Spofford replies, a slap in the face to all fans who sell their tickets on the secondary market, which happens everywhere? Come on, man. As to your question, quite possibly yes. Um, we have seen evidence of that where we benefit from it, first of all. So when we go over on our tour, uh, we can get tickets and go to the game, which is brilliant. But there has been criticism of certain packages, uh, not mentioning anybody in particular, and their fans sort of largely resell their tickets. And not only are they reselling them, but they're reselling them to the opposition, which is turning Lambeau from green and gold more on the side of the away team, which obviously isn't great. Uh, Do we judge people for that? I don't really care. But let's have a look at the NFL ownership vote then. So, and I'm going to go a bit on feeling here but let's just see what they've announced so there's a regular season game in sao paulo brazil that's the first ever one in south america in 2024 uh they're also going to play three in london two at tottenham hotspurs stadium and a third at wembley and when really people are giving out that there should be more in wembley that's the jacksonville jags uh then they're also going to munich uh the alliance arena in munich um, and we always said it that look the german fans are fanatical Unbelievable fans. Massive Packers contingent as well over there uh, with, with Packers Germany. So they love the Packers. They love the NFL. And in fact, the Germans kept the NFL Europe afloat and they still have a fairly strong domestic uh, American Football League over there. So it's no surprise. Um, and also, you know, I know there's a lot of chagrin, chagrin from the American contingent. I don't know how I would feel if, my, if the Packers were down the street from me and they were moving games, but the emphasis has always been on this being the strategy of the NFL. I mean, Roger Goodell came out and said it. Uh, Joel Glazer, the chairman of the International Committee, and he's the, also the owner of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, less said about the Glazers on this side of the pond, the better, uh, has come out and said that this is the aim of the game here. When they added the 17th game, uh, this was their strategy and this is what it's all about. Um, 
you know, fans over in Europe, uh, me being included, benefit from the Packers potentially coming over. Uh, but again, to remind you that the Packers were the last team to come over uh, to play that international series game in London. And they only did it as an away game and as one of those additional games. So again, the additional game was added with the sole purpose of moving all of those games overseas. And I don't think that eight is the stopping point. I think they want um, every NFL team to play abroad. And why? Because they want to grow the game abroad and they see an awful lot of money. And that's why all of the revenue that the teams get that is to do with their logos. So anytime the Packers slap the G on anything, uh, that money goes to the NFL and it gets distributed. So that's why you'll see in the pro shop, for instance, you know, there's they'll try lean into certain stuff that, you know, doesn't work against that brand and stuff they can earn themselves, um, I guess. So uh, it's all a big money game and they want to promote it. And that's why, the you know, there's these official markets. So the NFL, for instance, you cannot promote Packers um, with it outside a certain radius outside Green Bay. But they do allow you have those markets in other countries. You know, the Bucks and the Chiefs, I believe, what did they get? Germany or something? Um, the Vikings and whoever got the UK. And that's they were like, right, we'll allow you to make money there. Then. And that's the deal with that. But anyway, can we talk? Can we talk about Buccaneers and Packers? I see an awful lot of stuff being said about how, you know, the Buccaneers have bounced back and they're similar to the Packers and all of this. I think this game solely comes down to the fact that um, if you go through the injury report for the Packers, everybody's injured. Everybody. Matt LaFleur is injured. Uh, Betty from accounts has a paper cut. I mean, they're all screwed, right? The, the Buccaneers, and I hear this, the other narrative that I hear is they started off very well. Um, I think that's probably overblown as well. They beat the Vikings, which was good because the Vikings were good at the start of the season. Then they went against the Bears. The Bears famously were crap. They beat the Bears. They beat the Vikings. They lost to the Eagles. That makes sense. Then they beat the Saints. The Saints were a travelling clown show at that stage as well. They've since kind of come good. Then they lost to the Lions. Makes sense. Lost to the Falcons. It was a close game. Falcons aren't really a very strong team, if you ask me. Uh, they lost to the Bills. Makes sense. Lost to the Texans. CJ Stroud. That was a massively high-scoring game. 39-37. Uh, then they win against the Titans. And you look at that and they go, oh, they beat the Titans. Well, but Will Levis is in there. And his passer rating is like minus four. Or whatever it is. So that was an easy win. They go up against the Niners, lose. Go up against the Colts, they lose. And then let's have a look at their how they're bringing it back. So they went up against the Panthers, uh, who have won one game all season, and they beat them. And then they're at the Falcons, and they beat them. And it's, you know, there's all this talk about Baker Mayfield pulls out this sort of last drive win. And there's other podcasts I'm listening to where they're talking about a roundup of all of the games and they're like oh Baker Mayfield you won't get much by him <laughs> I don't know about that you know and then there's that fascination of like Baker Mayfield has come Baker Mayfield sung for the Irish uh, came to Lambeau once with the Browns and then again with the Rams and now he's coming back again but look their last two wins uh, can't be compared to the Packers I mean we beat the Lions who were high flying albeit their defence is kind of faltering lately and they got beaten by the Bears which kind of cheapens that and then we beat the Super Bowl champions and then they lost their last game because of that brain fart offside moment. And I don't know if people are calling that into question. But look, it's in Lambeau Field. Um, it's in December, which Matt LaFleur has excelled at. Now, he's excelled because he's had Aaron Rodgers in there and that's a factor. Uh, he's had veteran wide receivers. That's also been a factor. But it's cold. 
I don't know if you know this, but it's cold in Green Bay in December. So that only bodes well for the Packers. But again, it's all going to come down to injury. So this is not going to be a very indicative game of kind of where the Packers are at. Because we've heard that AJ Dillon, uh, you know, has a smashed up finger. Dontavian Wicks has, uh, well, he said his ankle was effed, if you will. Um, Aaron Jones is still injured. He's apparently close to coming back. Um, but if you look at the stats and how they kind of... Uh, you know, line up from each other. Like the Buccaneers, they're not a great team. We're 18th on offense, 18th on defense, we're 18th on passing, and unfortunately 19th in rushing. Whereas when you look at them, uh, they're, you know, 30th in rushing, 24th in offense, 27th in defense. There's some things that they do really well, and there's some things that they don't do so well. Um, and on defense, they've uh, Antoine Winfield Jr., who comes down with the ball an awful lot. So he's one to watch. Um, so, you know, that all comes down to he's a safety. So you're looking at it and you're going, well, do the Packers have wide receivers that can make plays? Um, you know, do we need to know where he is on the field at all times and try throw away from him? Um, but, you know, they're, they're a bad, like when you look at their running game as well, their running game isn't great. And that's another Achilles heel for the Packers. So where did we get gouged the last time we got gouged on the run? And again, there was another great sort of insightful uh, question on the Insider Inbox where they talk about, oh, I thought I read somewhere that when we get gouged for 200 rushing yards, the defense bounces back. Is there any truth to that? And Mike Spofford came back and said, after the Falcons, the Saints only rushed for 77. And after the Lions, the Raiders only rushed for 96 only. Um, but after the Steelers, the Chargers went for 150. Uh, but half of that was to do with Justin Herbert running. So when you look at this game, is Baker Mayfield a massive flight risk? No. Is his quarterback rating any good at the end of the day? No. Uh, is their defense any good? They're okay, but they're banged up. Um, Antoine Winfield Jr., you know, they come down with the ball a lot, so you need to be careful there to be sort of conservative with the ball. Uh, does the weather favor Green Bay in December? Absolutely. Um, but it's all going to come down to injuries and is this team up for it? Because we shouldn't have lost against the Giants. That was a game that was a complete brain fart moment. And I went through it on the last podcast where we nearly sacked this guy five times. But again, sometimes they just have the rub of the green. You know, uh, DeVito's in there and he's, and he's doing his thing. So again, there's an awful lot of talk of the fact that they've equal records. They're six and seven, but very different circumstances in the sense that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers could still win their division that's who like it's a it's a reflection of just how poor the division is and there's that conversation that's come up to say you know if a team only wins seven or eight games and comes away with winning the division should they really be allowed host a playoff game in their stadium because they're muck um you know that's one to be debated but i don't think that factors factors into the game i don't think just because you're in a fight for the top uh, because every game you have to try win every game, so I don't think that really matters. Um, but again, every game for the Packers as well as kind of a playoff game. So it's all going to come down with the sort of dirt of injuries that we have on offense. Is to see can the defense uh, step up? Because when you look at it for uh, the books, you know White's in there and he's having an admirable-ish season, but still he's not averaging massive uh, yardage. So I think to try contain him and to contain Baker Mayfield and the fact that the receiving core for the Bucks is also injured, um, this could be a pretty 
gross game to watch. I'm hoping not, and I'm hoping Matt LaFleur pulls out some inventive stuff, but the more players that go down, the less veterans you have, the less inventive you can be because you're just trying to get the lads out there and play the game. Um, so what are we predicting in this game? Well, we need a win, but that means nothing. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers also need a win, and according to everybody, that means everything, uh, but I don't think so. This could be a grisly game of attrition. It could be uh, filled with interceptions and fumbles and turnovers and all that kind of stuff. We just don't need to play poorly in every phase of the game. We don't need to start off slow on offense and not get anything going. We don't need to get absolutely gouged and gashed on defense and then completely cock it up by the end of the game because we've seen that the Buccaneers on the last game hung in there till the very end. And then we also need to protect the football uh, with the Buccaneers' defense as well. And good field position. No brain fart moments, no missed field goals, no missed extra points if we get that far um, and see how this pans out. But look, it's going to be uh, probably a bit of a manky game, but we're here and we're going to hope for the win. I'll be back to uh, review the game uh, after... Uh, a nice early start, it has to be said. So the Thursday night football and Monday night football were killers. So this game is on at six o'clock. You'll be glad to know. So hopefully I'll be back in the podcast studio straight after the game. I've been at DDD NFL. We have been at UK Packers. And we'll talk to you soon.